Injured at work in a motor vehicle accident or had a fall in a public space? Speak to Your Claim Lawyers, a no-win, no-fee, personal injury claims law firm that specialises in maximising compensation claims for injured people. Call 1-800-YOUR-CLAIM or yourclaimlawyers.com.au. The driver's seat. It's McLaren and Ricardo that win the Italian Grand Prix. Start the celebrations for McLaren. The driver's seat with Matt McKeldin and Stephen Johnson for Kubota. For over 40 years, we've been making tomorrow matter, shaping and building Australia together. And a very warm welcome to you wherever you're listening across the planet. This is the driver's seat. My name is Nimsis Orr, and let me just say, it is great to be back after a stellar week in motorsport. And, boys, it's uh, good to have your company as well. Hey, welcome back. Uh, I know you went on management-enforced holidays there, but is it true? Because I was looking at uh, at the Bathurst footage over the weekend, and I had my beady little eyes <laughs> trained on the TV looking for the Sri Lanka's preeminent motorsport authority, Malteser. Trying Couldn't to see you. Trying to we chase would... down Michael Caruso in my Norton Hornets <laughs> T-shirt. Correct. <laughs> were you Were you actually on holidays on the couch, be honest, or were you on top of the mountain? No, I was very much uh, on the couch, unfortunately, uh, in, <laughs> uh, in great high definition. But I tell you what, though, uh, the Dahl and I were watching, and we have put that on the bucket list uh, to... Hopefully get there in drier conditions because it is very much it, it it well let's put it this way, it was good to see Bathurst back and I know I sound like a repco ad but uh, it was good to bring <laughs> back the Bathurst. <laughs> uh, and we're going to cover off tonight's show a lot of the repco Bathurst one thousand. But Stevie J, in living memory for me, you know probably the uh, uh, post COVID now or whatever you want to call it. I reckon in the last five years. That was probably the best race, not necessarily the best finish, but the best race start to finish in in years. I thought it was it was gripping. Yeah, it's uh, it's. I guess with the weather and everything mm. that we had down there, and um, just how bad it was off track, it did create a lot of safety cars. I mean, we had we had um, I think there was eight safety cars in yeah. total, but before halfway, we were like at six. You know, we're thinking, wow, we're gonna. We're going to smash the record for safety cars here. But it didn't obviously happen. The race did settle down a little bit. And uh, there were no porcupines out there that that, uh, that <laughs> T8 threw onto the track or whatever. So um, uh, it's, I, I think, you know, or I should say WA threw onto the track. But you're right. It, it, was, it had a lot going on. Um, there was a lot more mistakes by uh, co-drivers mm. that, that than, than we've seen in the past, mm-hmm. and we're going to talk about that. Too. Yeah, and we. That's and I I, Yeah, exactly right. And I think that that um, I explained that. I think the, the the week leading into the bath is that I'm thinking that I said that we weren't going to have 28 starters, yes. which we did. Yes. So I was wrong there. Yep. But um, there was a, there was a lot of non finishes, and um, and I guess 80 percent of them from the co drivers. But um, you know. They get minimal laps, and I think, you know, for next year, mm. it's going to be great. And I, you know, I believe we're obviously going to be having a Sandown 500, which I think is going mm-hmm. to be fantastic. Yeah, and they need it. 
I think the co-drivers need it. The new generation car needs it yep. uh, before the big one at Bathurst. But I think, um, you know, it's, it's really, it really made that race exciting. It really turned it on its head. Um, you know, did, it, did it create a different winner? No, no, it didn't. But it really made the race interesting. If you, if you look at any sport, Steve, and Nimsy, you're, you're probably more into other sports than we are. Mm. Uh, I've always found that any live sport, whether it be a test match, whether it be a game of footy, or and no matter how long the duration is, needs to have a couple of things, Stevie J yep. and Nimsy. It has to have drama. It has to have heroes. It has to have villains. It has to be a bit of a cliffhanger. Um, there needs to be it needs to be visually exciting, and we get that, and we also get the the audibly exciting as well. So, from my point of view, and I'm a fan, right? I'm a real fan. So, my Sunday Bathurst is usually probably not unlike not unlike you, Steve. Um, if you're not at the track, it's 12 hours on the couch, Nimsy. Mm. Hell yeah! And normally, I would probably take maybe two or three nana naps throughout the race, and I can tell you that in this race. From start to finish, I did the full twelve hours on the couch, and I did not have a nana nap once. Uh, I I thought it had everything that made um, uh, a good live sporting event. It had all the elements, and it was brilliant to watch. We'll do it live. That's right. Do it live. Hundred percent. And you mm. you're actually spot on too, because this was one of those Bathurst where I reckon I I think the last time that I saw a Bathurst that got so much chatter was twenty fourteen. And yep. was that the one where they delayed it for an hour because they had to do a bit of resurfacing or something? Was that 2014, Stevie J, when they resurfaced Turn 2? That was... It was later than that. That wouldn't have been eight no, years no, no, ago. No, would it? no that was... Uh, I think that was either 2013 or 2014. Oh, yes. really? Yep. Okay. Yep. Well, right they, because because and, that was my last one. Because I only remember that because everyone, and I'm talking everyone was talking about it. You didn't have to be a motorsport fan, but everyone knows yeah. that Bathurst weekend is, you know, the big weekend for motorsport around the country. And everyone was talking about it. Right now, literally by about lap five, everyone was saying, if you don't have KO, you've got to watch Channel 7 right now because there is some absolute carnage going on at Mount Panorama. Yeah, some bo- there was some bonkers stuff. And, you know, it's interesting, Nimsy. I um, move around various circles, as I do uh, in business, and... Uh, come into contact with quite a few people that, you know, or in fact, a lot of people that aren't motorsport fans. And I was at a lunch today talking to some people and I I kid you not, there would have been a lady who was 75 um, who doesn't have any interest in motorsport whatsoever, but she knows that that I do. And she said to me, did you watch Bathurst on the weekend? I said, yeah, of course I did. And she said, wasn't it? Wasn't the first two hours and the last two hours unbelievable? <laughs> and I said, did you watch it? And she said, absolutely. First two hours and the last two hours, which was from a 75-year-old lady that has no interest in motorsport. <laughs> so I, it, it is the race. We said it last week in your absence, Nimsy boy, that it is another race that stops a nation because for for this race, you, you, you will get the non-believers and the non-fans watch the first hour and the last hour, Stevie J., um, and that's that's where the Bathurst 1000 sits in the pantheon of sport in this country, I think. And it was a brilliant race, and let alone forgetting the results, which we're going to talk about. We're going to go. We're going to pick the eyeballs out of that particular race, Stevie J, um, and and have a talk about some of the accidents, some of the decisions, some of the controversy, 
Brad Jones is appalling hair dye. We're going to talk to a bunch. We're going to talk about a bunch of stuff. Yeah, because there's, there's a lot to get through. But let, let, yeah. let, why don't we, let's start, obviously, though, with the big elephant in the room, which was the the carnage that sort of caused um, probably uh, Brad Jones to almost pull his hair out. Uh, <laughs> what he's got left. Well, yeah. What he's got left. But um, the Zane Goddard <laughs> incident, I mean, everyone had uh, had their two cents. And I know that the enforcer, Russell Ingle, came out and had some staunch defensive uh, young Zane Goddard. But uh, like I was watching it and all I was thinking was just like, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. Yeah. But but that was just for me because I, was, I wasn't going and doing the whole, oh, he's driving like a dickhead or this and that or blah, 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 yeah. blah, blah. Because I know having been in not just... Um, a supercar going at full speed, but also mm. a TCR car in the wet, mm. how incredibly hard it is just as a passenger to react to things. And and don't forget, Nimsy, that where that accident occurred, even though it was – that that accident started in the braking zone to the chase. It, it ended uh, on the exit of, of the chase, but it started in the braking zone mm. and – to pull one of these cars up in those conditions, um, in that temperature, Stevie J, is is hard enough. Then to hit the grass like that, where quite frankly, if he gassed it up, she'd have spun. If you put your foot on the brake, she'd have locked and it would have either gone left or right. So I, I guess he's he's just continued to, to wobble through and then it's obviously picked up the, the asphalt and, and it's turned. Well, it actually hit a, a massive puddle of water just before he came onto the track. There you go, which will turn the car. Yep. So there is there is a bunch of arguments here, Nimsy, because that chain of events started when he locked a brake trying to pass, uh, I think it was Murphy, down the inside. Mm-hmm. You can't almost blame the kid for the actual accident at the end, the actual content, uh, comp- um, uh, the actual uh, contact. What you can do, I think, legitimately, Stevie J, is go back and say, mate, that's a big move. On lap three. On lap three of a 161 lap race. That's the kind of bit that I think he deserves a clip around the ears. Um, the actual contact, he wasn't in control of the car. Um, he's copped his $10,000 fine and they've torn up a couple hundred thousand dollars worth of race car. But, And I totally get what Russell Ingle is saying. And I totally believe that we need to have a lead-up race to give these young blokes or girls, if they get to run, mm-hmm. um, some co-driving miles. But I, I'd reckon, Steve, even at my age, if you were on my radio and I did a move like that on lap six and I was able to pull it off, I reckon you'd have still got in my ear and said, mate, just you need to calm down. And, in fact, I said that to Mrs. Mack and Dale Britton and a few people at my place. I said, mate, if we could have a soundbite against this right now, it would be Nimsy doing the, you need to calm down. Because everyone in this race just needed to calm down. You need to calm down. That would have been the radio radio talk between Steve and I. I mean, six laps in, Steve. Followed by this. Don't cut me off, mate. (laughs) (laughs) Six laps in. Yeah, I mean, big move. But you look, you look at, um, and people, you know, I, I haven't seen any data, but I can tell that he wasn't on the power. And if you're just going to no. put your foot on the brake, all four wheels are going to lock up. They're all on slicks. The ground is just sodden with water because of how much rain that place had had. Not only that week, the weeks and weeks leading into that, it's just been rain, rain, rain the whole time. So. You know, to put it in, into perspective, look at Alex Davison in car 17. He locked up 
on his own, locked up into the chase, made a mistake, went off. He wasn't on the throttle. No he, control. He literally hit the hit he, the he hit that barrier, the 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 tie wall, mm. damn hard, side on. Got bogged, absolutely. But he hit that wall that hard and he was off the brake, off the like trying to slow down the whole time those front wheels left the tar seal, the bitumen. Mm. And he still hit that wall, which is a long, long way away from the circuit. Mm. Very, very hard. So, um, you know, and, and and Alex is a very conservative driver in that respect. Yes, he made a blue. Um, and he, you know, he would have been doing everything in his power to not hit the fence at that point. And he just had no control. So I don't believe uh, Zane did. I mean, the only thing, he, like you said, he did wrong was trying to overtake that early in the race. Um full tank of fuel, everything else, locked the front, um, knowing that when you do go off, the consequence is going to be big. Yeah. Whether you whether it's big, I mean, it might not have even been an accident. It might have been just them off into the sand pit and, yeah. you know, not so much day done because you look at Alex and Will, even though Will crashed later on, um, they still got back on the lead lap and they were still probably on target for fifth or sixth. So, you know, but still... Do you really want to end up as a co-driver in the sand pit on lap three? Not really. Oh, and and you're actually spot on too, Stevie, too, like in terms of, um, you know, it doesn't matter who it was. I mean, even look at no. Nick, Nick Perkett as well. Like Nick Perkett, I'm fairly sure, was absolutely spitting chips at himself um, mm. uh, when he came unstuck at Forest Elbow. I mean, mm. and and no doubt Luff, uh, Luffy was probably thinking, damn it, I was really hoping for another podium here. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we, have, we have a rule in our sport, Nimsy, that you must – regain if you leave the racing surface you and you are able to make it back to the racing surface you must do so in a safe manner and so he obviously did not rejoin in the safe manner and that's that's what's pulled him unstuck with the official and giving him giving him a ten thousand dollar fine because he simply couldn't rejoin in a safe manner it was mm. either stop that car against the wall um, but i still don't think he had any control he didn't have any choice that was just dumb luck that he got through mm. it and then it picked up the the, the um, it's almost like that sand trap needs to be extended out a bit further towards yes, towards the, the right hander. The, yes, towards the right hander. Yeah. Um, and if you get stuck, you get stuck. I mean, but but what no one has spoken about or has been said here is the cars that hit him. Now those cars that hit him were behind him, which means that they could see he was off the track. And I'm not talking about one car behind him. Matty Campbell was five or so cars behind him, maybe more. Um, and, you know, sure, you're probably not expecting that car to come out onto the circuit and then straight across the track to the left-hand side of the road. But, I mean, if that was me and it was the start of the race, mm. look, look at look at Tanner. Tanner dropped back that many spots just mm. trying to survive that first part. Yeah. I would have been the same. Coming through the chase seeing that car spraying through the dirt and mud and water on slicks, I would have been out of the gas through that right-hander, waiting to see where he popped out and what was going to happen, thinking that he could either pop out on the right-hand side, no dramas, he could pop out on the left, he could pop out and spin, you know what I mean? Just waiting to see what would happen. But, I mean, Matty Campbell was on the gas, hard through the right-hander, using up all the track and literally got on the brake about a nanosecond before he hit him. Mm. You know, I mean, that to me is not conservative. That to me is not a co-driver being conservative either. Mm. You know, so maybe I'm maybe I'm opening up a can of worms here. But I mean, I would have been as as a Dale would. I don't know if he would have had much more of an opportunity to to 
you know, avoid it because he was a little bit in front of Matt Campbell. But Matty Campbell, I would have thought, hey, lap three, let's where's this? Right where, where's this? Yeah. Even, who cares if you lose five or six spots or eight spots? Absolutely. Who cares? Yeah, absolutely. You I can mean, make who it back. cares? On 161 laps and you're on lap six, yeah. you can make it back. Exactly we, we've right. Got to, particularly on a day, sorry, Nimsy, that there was going to be high attrition. Yep. There was always going to be a number of those cars not finishing mm-hmm. over on the weekend. Question, has it hurt Zane and his career? I don't we think. We know that perception oh. is reality in mm. our sport. Does it hurt it? I I think I think it might because you've got let's look at the free agents at the moment. You've got, you know, Richie Stanaway, who hasn't jumped in a supercar in since 2018, 2019, mm-hmm. give or take, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. did an absolute mega job uh, after only two test days with Greg of course he was with Greg Murphy and uh, with Erebus, but then and then you've got, you know, um is it Declan Declan Fraser as well? Yep, he did uh, a good job. You got uh, Zach Best didn't really have a chance to sort of prove himself but he's also no. been uh but he's another can, uh, candidate that got a lot of seat time this year consistently and has shown that he's very fast and you know all i can say is like there's other options that might have people looking you know all of a sudden just turning their head just slightly away uh from poor zane for the time being unfortunately he will be tarred with a brush i think unfortunately and i think unfairly because you look at those that are in the know, Stevie J, everyone's everyone's come out. A lot of people have come out to defend him. Mm. In the heat of the moment, Brad Jones, Tim Edwards, all those people, they're going to blow up because they've just and, – and the guys from Grove, they've just had cars destroyed on lap six. So oh, yeah. there was a lot of emotion around all of that. Uh, look, Zane's done an amazing job this year with Gen 3, by all reports, doing all the testing, getting that up and ready. Um, he drove well when he was in the super light program. My fear for him, Steve J is as always in supercars, there's very few chairs yep. and you're right in what you're saying. Nimsy, you're going to pick a stand away, even though he's not going to be great for a sponsor call unless it's a boost. Or do you put Declan Fraser, Zach best, Tyler Everingham, Tyler Everingham, mm. Or, or do you put the guy Steve in who's Johnson. been perceived? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Matt McKeldin, that's just been stupid. No. Uh, or do you, or do you put Zane as um, uh, Zane in Goddard, who is responsible, perceived to be responsible for the world's biggest accident on lap six at Bathurst? I think it could hurt him, yeah. sadly, because yeah. he's a great young kid and can drive. But I think this is going to hurt him. Look, well, um, hopefully, this he's got a bit of time to, you know, you know. One, what is it, what's that old saying? One swallow doesn't make a summer or something like that? I don't know. Whatever it is. <laughs> anyway. It's a hell of a night. Anyway, look. <laughs> now, look, we have talked a lot about the controversy. We're not live on air, so what? <laughs> now, now, we have talked a lot about the controversy, but we do need to talk about uh, something else. Oh, mate, I was on the hot lap. And that is, of course, the stellar performance from SVG and Garth Tander. We'll talk about that next the full wrap-up of the Bathurst 1000 continues right here on The Driver's Seat. This is The Driver's Seat for Kubota. For over 40 years, we've been making tomorrow matter, shaping and building Australia together. Welcome back to The Driver's Seat. We do it thanks to Kubota. Together we are shaping and building Australia. We have to talk about the Bathurst 1000. We've got all the controversies out the way. Uh, I think we've got all the controversies out the way. We won't need to mention Brody Kostecki and the, uh, the Ford Ranger rescue vehicle, do we? 
Oh, well, not really. It didn't actually do anything. I don't think it like it, no. it didn't actually change no. a thing. No. They were grasping at straws to try to get it. Honest opinion is have some balls and do it yourself. Thank you, Barry. Yeah, well, they did. They did it themselves. They, they jumped in the car and they went up to recover Will Davison. And, uh, yeah, but no, I mean, that didn't. You, you go back and look. Look, Lyco picked the eyes out of it frame mm. by frame. And mm. it, I mean, he was well past him even before. He, if there was no car there. It would have been the same. Yeah, Chaz was in front. By the time they got to the hump up Mountain Straight, there would have been a two or three car. No, well, it was because it was a safety car. They were racing to the line coming out the pits. Yeah, and Chaz was already alongside fifty meters before the line. But so. what I'm saying is, that even if, if if it was green racing, um, the speed difference between oh, Chaz, Chaz would have been five or six car lengths in front. By of the them. time they got to the hump, yeah. so so they were grasping at straws. You know, yeah, they had a crack. Why not? You know, you because it's not like Triple they would Roland would a hundred percent. Um, Roland Wood and, and um, that that's the thing it's so competitive now Stevie J that any opportunity to make a call upstairs to go oi what's going on here they're going to do yeah I mean remember remember old Balaclava Gate back in the day with Ambrose Ambrose remember yeah. that you know, right. like this, when it comes to that a that come from Kmart Racing yeah I know <laughs> I know it did when it comes to a Bathurst win Nimsy there is commercially to win that apart from the internal feeling of a team commercially to win that, that's like winning a gold medal at the Olympics at the 100-meter final. It's like winning the America's Cup. Mm. It, for our sport, commercially, that is monstrous. So you know what? If you can dial up uh, a bit of Michael Massey action and see if you can get some, get some decisions changed, uh, that's what you're going to do. Um, but let's actually talk about um, the, the win from Shane Van Gisbergen and Garth Danza. They made history. The last pairing to win the Bathurst 1000 in a Holden. Uh, both former factory-backed drivers, and they did survive because that, that's, that's all it was. Like I think GT even said it on the podium. He's just like, I just thought early in the first stint, and just like, you know what, let's just get through this and we'll see how we go. <laughs> you, if post the Zane Goddard accident, if you took note of who they were interviewing, which were a lot of the main drivers, um, they were interviewing the, the co-drivers that they were interviewing in the hour post all of that, when those, all those drivers finished their stints and got out. The answers on all of the old blokes, the old Silver Foxes, like Murphy and like Tanda, were like, these kids are out of control. <laughs> Is no one sl- is no one talking to the? You don't win this thing in the first six laps. You lose it, mm-hmm. like Goddard. And he said, but but you could tell the young bull and the old bull, and the a lot of the old bulls survived. And the old bull combination of Tanda and SVG. Well, actually, there's if well, I mean, you could almost say that there's three old bulls there on the podium. You know, so you've got Tanda. And SVG. Yep. Right. You've yep. got Chaz and Fabian. Yep. There's t- right. another You've two got old Cam bulls. Waters and James Moffat. Yep. Which, so, I mean, you could call them old bulls because of how many races and how long they've been in the game and they know that's what they a podium, need to do. That's a podium of experience. Correct. Not, I'm going to win this thing in the first six laps. Yep. So, uh, I cannot imagine the debriefs, Stevie J, in the teams that it would have been going on this week about pace and attitude towards the race because a lot of them lost it. Mm. A lot of them lost it and uh, um, and age and experience finished up on the podium. I thought Nimsy and Steve watching it across the weekend, we tipped going into the weekend. We weren't – it was going to be because of the weather. It could have been anyone's. It really opened up mm-hmm. um, with that weather. Based on form, 
your head always said it was going to be SVG and Tanda that were going to be the ones to beat. Could they be beaten? Absolutely. Mm. But, you know, we saw, um, we saw once again uh, Cam Waters super quick in the monster car. Mm. We saw the Walkinshaw Andretti cars. Both of them were, were pretty strong. Perkett's unbelievably improved in that car. That car has, an imp- has improved and, and Nick's improved. Um, but it didn't, to me, Stevie J, tell me if I'm wrong, did it ever look at any point in time over the weekend, especially when Tanda came out in first practice and did a 104 flat, mm. a 204 flat, uh, did it look like they were not in the game? On his second lap. <laughs> On his second lap. Like, <laughs> no. They were always sharp. Especially if it was dry the whole day. They yes. were in trouble if it was wet because Tanda had nothing in the wet. Right. Might have been a different story if SVG was in the car. I don't know. But their car was obviously fully set up for the dry, which I would expect most of them maybe were or maybe had a slight little hybrid set up if, in case it did sprinkle. But... Um, Tanda didn't have any grip in the wet. He had, he had no feel in the wet. He he said he didn't have any confidence in the grip level. So if it was going to rain, they were going to be in trouble, I think. But it wasn't. Uh, it didn't rain, and they were fast in the dry. And, man, they they got it right. They got the strategy right, and they were in the right place to defend rather than attack like they had to last year. And SVG melted the tyres off it. Yeah, right. Which is what Cam Waters did, actually, because he got into third quite quickly. Yep. And then you saw him coming, and then Couldn't you do saw him. With it. He actually, he, you, hear, you heard the, uh, uh, well, actually, you saw the, the two white, clear white lights come on in the back of his car, and you heard a boop, 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 <laughs> and he started reversing back, back to the field. Right up. I want to talk very quickly because it's not a controversy, but we are talking about SVG. Controversy or controversy? Oh, either way. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Controversy or controversy, yeah. either way. Uh, the it, Monday morning breakfast shows <laughs> with SVG. <laughs> that is some of the best live TV. <laughs> I messaged him and I said, mate, you have made my uh, some of the best post-race interviews yeah. I've ever seen. Well, it wasn't an interview, let's be fair, particularly on Nine, where he just looked down the barrel of the camera and said, I was here, and then <laughs> rolled off the camera and ran straight into the <laughs> toilets that were just around the corner there and had a big old up and under Yep, from a big night out. So I've got to say, we're going to do our, uh, we're going to do Nimsy our, uh, uh, our one, two, threes for the power rankings a little bit later on. But regardless from a media point of view, I'm going to give three points just for media, not for driving or anything at the moment to Garth Tanner because, man, did he do some heavy lifting over the weekend, oh <laughs> and particularly on Monday morning but, with the media. But you know what? The thing is, Garth has won that race five times, so he's probably mm-hmm. – if they, <laughs> maybe Garth after win number two and probably had the same sort of thing. But you know what SVD did win a lot of? And it was great because it was with Carl Stefanovic because Correct. we all remember Carl after the Logies – Yes. And I'm pretty sure Carl even said, don't worry, mate, we've all had big nights and had to front 100% he did. <laughs> yeah. 100% it's like a big night did. after the Logies. Yeah, Isn't that yeah. what Carl said? That's yeah, exactly he said. what he but said. But then he, he, he took the P155 by saying, geez, mate, we back up. We do a two-hour show, not a five-minute interview, mate. You've got to get harder than that. Uh, look, it, you know, it was interesting because then a lot of people rang me, and, oh, my God, his behavior is terrible and this, that, and the other thing. And I said, I, I wrote back to a few people and said, hey, listen, just understand this. He's been dehydrated in the race car most of the day. He's gone out. He's won his third Bathurst, second or third? 
Second. Second. Second Bathurst. He's won his champ. He's about to win the championship. Uh, he's had a big night out on the Terps. And here's the thing. He was there representing the partners for 30 seconds. And really, that's all he needs to be. Because you know what? At the end of the day, as much as all the commercial and the PR is all vitally important, you know what's also important, Nimsy? What's up? Winning. Mm-hmm. And he's a winner. And you know, you know and what? When you're a winner in your sport, as long as you're not doing massively show socially unacceptable uh, behaviours, well, look, if, he if, went, see ya. If you, you missed, can't touch him. If you missed it, it was basically this. Um, well, we were quick yesterday, but not so fast this morning. So, um, yeah, no, obviously. <laughs> Tell us <laughs> in spirit only. Look, I've been there as well. Yep. Okay, that he's. I think he's done. Yep. <laughs> okay, Lee. That's it. That's it. I'm done. No, I'm done. But that, you know what? I just think that. I think it's great because I think that shows. Um, you I know, guarantee you. The Shane, human normal side of things. That's us. That's, and how much it means. And how much it means. I mean. He celebrated art. Any of us, any of our listeners, anything happens to, to, to our listeners that's fantastic, that's something that, yeah. you know, it's a, been a childhood dream that they've done. That's what's going to happen. You're going to yeah. go out and celebrate. So why are we hiding the fact? You know what I mean? Like, it, it's. I think it's great. I think, I think everyone got to laugh out of it, even, you know, even GT, you know, he did a great job to, to not even well, cover it, to just keep it rolling. That was the key. If you if he wasn't standing beside a pro like GT, it yeah. would have been really tough because it's all right to have one bloke go off the side of camera, but if you then have to turn to the other bloke and he can't put two words together, yeah. that sinks it. It actually looks really unprofessional. Yeah. But because Tanda's a pro, he was able to hold it all together. And you're right oh. in what you're saying, Nimsy. Having uh, Carl and Barretts, I think, did the other interview. Uh, was very was lucky for supercar. I, I think reckon. I think for the sunrise one, all he said was pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> With his thumb up. Hello and, and welcome to you. Lisa has not slept. <laughs> neither has Carl. I'm talking about myself in the third person. <laughs> <laughs> See, he didn't make a fool of himself like that. No. And you but know, you know what? should we do that? Should we? Should we? Should we? We've got an outside broadcast, live outside broadcast coming up, Nimsy, confirmed at the Star Casino the week of the Gold Coast. Should we do the show cup? What do you reckon? No, mate. I'm gonna I'm gonna say two things. One, good to see that you read the rundown. And two, um uh, 100%. <laughs> oh, do we talk about that, do we? We do. We were oh. gonna reveal oh, okay. that at the end of the show, but you know what? Well, well. It's not like we're live, Nimsy. Get on your edit button, sunshine. Anyway. Um so <laughs> yes, you know what? I do think I reckon that um, SVG actually won a lot of fans because there were a lot of people they were talking about on Triple M. They were, you know, a lot of people were just thinking, who's this Shane Van Gisbergen bloke? Because he sounds like a good egg. So, uh, how's, the, how's the red Gatorade teeth he had too? <laughs> <laughs> He's not, he, he, he obviously scolded a couple of Gatorades that he had. It was actually really red funny lips. because there was, a, there was a tweet that was going around because it was GT and, um, and SVG with the Peter Brock trophy in front of the mountain. And someone went and said, oh, who's the hungover fan that got to post with the Peter Brock Trophy and Garth Tander in front of the mountain? <laughs> so, well done hey, to Nimsy, SVG. you know why I don't read our run sheet? Because I like it to be like Christmas. I like to just get through the show and be surprised at every turn. That's why.
Welcome to the Wankfest. <laughs> All right, we'll, we'll take a quick pause for the cause. Back with more straight after this. This is the driver's seat for Kubota. For over 40 years, we've been making tomorrow matter, shaping and building Australia together. It is the driver's seat, and we do it thanks to Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building Australia together. Um, remember to rev up your smartphone with the driver's seat app. It's available in the App Store. Right now, though, it is time to do this. This is the driver's seat power rankings. So this is basically our Dally M, our Brownlow medal, if you will, after each round, Matt and Steve will assign a 3-2-1 vote to the driver that impressed them the most during the round. The leaderboard before the Bathurst 1000 in P1 on 33 votes, it is Shane Van Gisbergen. P2 on 20 votes, it is Will Davison. 11 votes in P3 is Cameron Waters, followed by seven votes for Davey Reynolds, six votes for Chazzy Mostert, five votes for James Courtney, Garrick Jacobson, and Brock Feeney. Uh, four votes for Todd Hazelwood, <laughs> three votes for Tim Slade, two votes for Lee Holdsworth, Andre Heimgardner, Chris Pither, and Zach Best. Uh, well done to Crispy as well. Say hello to my little friend. Because that Coke <laughs> Commodore looked fantastic, didn't it? Looked awesome. Hmm. Didn't go great, but looked awesome. Look, look the goods. Look the goods. That's <laughs> look all... real fast and real speedy. And but, uh, uh, look better than Car 17 at the end of the day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Look better and, than a whole lot of cars over the weekend. And uh, on one vote apiece, on Anton Di Pasquale, Brady Kostecki, Nick Perkett, and Jimmy Golding in the subway car. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, gentlemen. There's all the right. radio delay again. On fire. As you would say, Nimsy. Smooth. <laughs> so let's do the old three, Seamless. two, one. Should we start off with? Uh, we'll start with you, Stevie. Yes. Or shall we start <laughs> off with Matthew? You <laughs> <laughs> can start with me. <laughs> and Stevie quickly looks up from his phone. <laughs> uh, uh, three votes for Jack Miller. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's very funny. Well, it's sort of hard. I mean, do you go from, do you go off, you look at the front and, and it's hard to go. I mean, I'm going to give SVG three points. It's simple as that. Of course, you have you, to. Yeah. You can't. You can't not. He and GT, um, three points. But, I mean, so many, you know, good stories behind. But, you know, I mean, Chaz and um, Fabian. Mm-hmm. Solid, same Consistent. again, all day, didn't like hurt all the week. Thing. Yeah, it didn't you know? hurt the thing. It was good. Um, so, you know, it's 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 one of those ones where you just go, Whoa. but I'm just going to have to go to the podium. Yeah. I'm going to okay. be boring and have to go to the podium. I mean, you know, Cam and, and, and the crazy frog, Moff, came back <laughs> from uh, from a, a spin where got, Moff got turned around. Yeah, uh, the cutting. Or he, got, he either got turned around or he, uh, he didn't give any room on the inside. One well, or the I think other. the official ruling is he didn't give any room. Yes. Yes. That's the official word. Well, but didn't Brody get a five-second penalty, no. though? No. Didn't get oh, no. It was... No, Tanner and SVG got a five-second penalty yeah. for an unsafe release. But yeah. no, Brody did not get yeah. turned. Well, it which is like... why they were fairly salty at the end. I don't think it would have mattered anyway. I don't think no. they would have had the pace to... Brody said he didn't. Didn't have the pace, right? Okay, yeah. But but even Cam, even Cam and Moff didn't have the pace mm. for uh, Chaz and for SVG. So no. I think they finished as they were probably going to finish. Uh, the only other way that it would have been different is if, for some reason, Chaz was in front of Shane in the last stop. Yeah. And I think 
it would have been hard for Shane to pass him because he wasn't that much slower than him. No. So, but I think they would have got around Cam. Cam really struggled with with tie life, but yep. uh, but they did come back. They were last. They did come back to finish P three. Uh, yep. Obviously, some good strategy and some good driving by Cam. So, basically, um, three to SVG, uh, two to Chaz, and and one to, to Cam. It's total bullshit. It's bullshit. All right, can't add much more to that. <laughs> <laughs> if, it, if it were going no, on that team was, owners, that was Tim. That wasn't Barry. Oh, sorry, that was Tim. That was Tim. Tim sorry, was salty. Tim, it, Tim was. Oh, <laughs> Tim's always salty. Tim is always. Like he, he's lost the Castrol car lap one. Uh, he's lost the caravan car, the snow, snow, snow river, snow river lap caravan. three, yep. or lap six, or lap three, or whatever it was. Burnt the tires out of um, out of the uh, the car white, six, the, car the, six the the oh. Monster Energy Racing. Mustang, Mustang and yes. Kostecki's, well, Kostecki's almost did a McKeldon. They went off almost every single session and almost hit a wall. They hit a wall a couple of times. So the tradie Mustang did not have a great run. It Where did, did it finish. It, 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 uh, 17th, but it uh, came from two laps down, so not right. a bad yeah. effort. So got a lucky few lucky dogs there. Mm-hmm. And uh, the it also car. got bogged at the chase. So, uh... Oh, mate, it got bogged everywhere. <laughs> it was not a great weekend. Right, I'm going to go a little something. Poor Tim. It's total bullshit. It's bullshit. <laughs> All right, can't add much more to that. It <laughs> oh, would have been a very long drive home if you were driving with Tim, I'd imagine. Very quiet imagine. one too. Mm. Um, so I'm going to do, be a little different, Stevie J. We know the challenges of Bathurst and we know the challenges of this weekend in particular. We touched on it and said that that podium was highly experienced, patient, smart, did an awesome race. Mm-hmm. But there are a couple of people that I think deserve a few points because of their lack of experience, the job that they did, and the pressure they were under. So I'm going to give one point to Lowndes and Fraser, mm. Declan Fraser. I thought to bring that car home in eighth. Yeah, that's a good good job from Lowndes. He hasn't mm-hmm. got much experience. Yeah. No, got his, well, de- well for, but first one for Declan. No, I know. Can you imagine being paired? I'm just taking the P1 level five. Could you imagine a rookie being paired with you? Or a rookie being paired with Lowndes. Mm. I blame all this stuff on Stevie Johnson. He started this thing and mm. people are just doing it everywhere. <laughs> it's, a, it's a big call, right? It is. So I, so, um, I thought Declan did a really good job. I, I, didn't, I don't seem to recall him in the wall. I don't seem to recall him dropping a wheel, locking up, running the chase. I don't. There's nothing that stood out to me about that entry that thought these guys are on the edge and loose. This is a mm. smart run. Now, whether that was because Rich Uncle Roland was on the radio barking instructions, I don't know. Was he? Yeah, yeah. He was team yeah. manager. Yeah, okay. So, so anyway, I'm going to give them one point. Two points I'm going to give to the finisher who finished in sixth place and is retiring but was weapon quick and consistent all weekend and also had a rookie beside him. Lee Holdsworth and Matt Payne. They were red hot to get in the top 10, quicker than their teammates. Mm. And then I, th- I think stayed right out of trouble. Yes, they now had a full team working on their one car. I get it yeah, because yeah, yeah. Davey Reynolds was taken out with Matt Payne nice and early. But I thought again from a... With Matt Campbell. Where, sorry, what did I say? Matt, Matt Payne. Sorry, with Matt Campbell uh, got taken out early. Um, I just think Holdsworth and Matt Payne put a really solid weekend together. Mm. And Matt if, Payne, if were, we know. If you were the Groves too, except you'd you'd be looking at how Matt Payne drove and said, you know what, well, next year should be pretty good. Well, I, I think we looked at Matt Payne 
last year and went, mate, this kid's got raw, unabated speed. We just got to stop him from crashing and hitting stuff, which is why they put him in development series for a second year to to, to mature a little bit and learn, and that's why that's why Lee slid into that seat for this year alone, which I think has been a masterstroke because Matt Payne drove bloody brilliantly yep. and fast, and Holdsworth the same. So another reason why I don't think Lee should be pulling the pin, but anyway, mm. that he is. So two points to Holdsworth and Payne. Three points, you're right, SVG and Tanda. You can't win the biggest race of the year, Stevie J, and not get three points. Mm. Yeah. So. yeah, 100% there. Oh, mate, I was on the hot lap. Yes, you were, SVG. He, he was on a hot lap to the shit at <laughs> having up and under on Monday morning, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> that's what, that's what that tweet. I was trying to find that tweet, and I'll pop it up on our Facebook. Driving page. the porcelain bus was what he was driving. <laughs> just, the next morning, I just love the captions, Nimsy. Uh, Bathurst winner uh, ditches live interview to walks spew, out on live interview to vomit um, after a big night of celebrations. Yeah, yeah, Who do you is. reckon the first one to write that line was? Which 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 uh, news agency was that? I've I've no idea. Yeah. Mm. I, Who? I, Who? That was the Speed Deli straight away. Right. I do love this yeah, one. Yeah. Uh, how lucky is the hungover camper to get to pose with Garth Tander in the Peter Brock Trophy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, so funny. They had, a, they had a great run. Good effort there. And uh, unfortunately for uh, for Davey Reynolds and um, the other Penrite car. Oh, he's dead to me, bro. Yep, certainly was. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely a lot of... Why, why, why me? <laughs> I mean, Wood, Wood was tearing up hard. Mm. Wood was on the full boo-hoos. In the garage, hugging the wife, full tears. Like not yeah. just a little bit yeah, of glassy eyed mate. He was he was hard on the tear. Yeah, I would have thought he would have. He was paying for it. <laughs> he was. What? <laughs> Tell you who, who, who should have been hard. You thought been, he was paying for it. Yeah. No, I said you would have thought he was paying for it, which he's not. But <laughs> if anyone in that team was to tear up, it'd be Brad Jones. Or he. Brad's funny. He goes quiet. How's the Kubota car? It was in the wall more than Matt McKeldon on the weekend. Well, more than the Kostecki's. <laughs> Into the wall for Matt McKeldon. Yeah. I can tell you right now, I, I bet you, you, talk about Dale Wood, when, when Brad saw that lap six, he probably just went, That's exactly what he did. You can probably see it happening in slow-mo. <laughs> you know what I love about that grab there, the into the wall for Matt McKeldon? If you listen to just more than the verbal audio, if you listen in the background, I've got all four wheels locked up on the con. You can hear it. Have a play it again. Have a listen to the squealing locked up wheels, oh, Lindsay. I was about to say, speaking of wheels. Oh, McKeldon, we've lost the left rear wheel. <laughs> you right, can't well, hear that we'll one, We'll do, do the into the wall, Nimsy. Into the wall for Matt McKeldon. <laughs> it's like a Fred Flintstone cartoon. Oh, Verstappen on the inside of Beverly and Toast. That was inevitable. Uh, <sighs> uh, we'll take a quick pause for the course and actually talk a bit of Formula One because we yes. have got a new world champion. We'll touch on that next right here on The Driver's Seat. This is The Driver's Seat for Kubota. For over 40 years, we've been making tomorrow matter, shaping and building Australia together. And welcome back to The Driver's Seat. We do it thanks to Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building Australia, and it's all thanks to the all-new Driver's Seat app. It's got podcasts, interviews, news, and videos. It's a must for all motorsport fans. But first, let's talk a little bit about Formula One. Because the Japanese Grand Prix, it was returning to the calendar after a three-year absence. And I'll tell you what, that weekend, that Sunday was just fantastic. 
for recovery vehicles, wasn't it? Because aside from a <laughs> oh, 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 oh. <laughs> <laughs> you want to talk about uh, just having all the elements thrown at you on a racetrack. Cheese and rice. Woof. I mean, Nimsy, there is a there is a genuine serious issue when it comes to uh, recovery vehicles on track. Tragically, we lost, of course, Jules Bianchi a couple of years ago at Japan, Stevie J, when his car in exceptionally similar circumstances like what we saw this weekend speared off the track, hit. Uh, a recovery vehicle, and he subsequently passed away tragically, terribly. I mean, boy, oh, boy, no one ever saw anything like that coming. So there's kind of this unwritten rule now, Nimsy uh, and Steve, that if if cars are at pace, you do not bring a another vehicle onto the circuit unless it's under safety car, virtual safety car, or red flag conditions. So to see that within Japan... In the moment, Stevie J was not only scary for those going around, but bloody hell, that's disappointing to see that we, we, that the organisers of that race were dumb enough to allow it to happen again. I'm going to disagree with you. Really? Yep. Really? Yep. Right. Oh, I can't wait to hear this because how do you justify that? Well, they had the full field under control apart from uh, Gasly, who pitted after lap one. That whole field went past that at 60 k's an hour, 80 k's an hour. Um, and Gasly was going way too fast under double under safety car conditions to catch up to the pack, which he didn't need to. Uh, and then on his steering wheel, if you look at the vision, it actually went red flag before he got to that point. Right. It was actually a red flag before he even got to that point where Carlos Sainz had crashed and the and the tractor was, or the, the recovery crane or whatever it was, was on the track. So, um, and if you go through and actually look at the vision and listen to, um, obviously, the Sky Sport commentators, and I think it was Anthony Davidson, Anthony Davidson, that, that went through and showed all this vision. Um, I'm actually on, uh, I'm not on Gasly's side. I'm actually on... Uh, the side that he was uh, not doing the right thing and it was his own fault. So, um, yeah, so, I mean, I just think sometimes, and I, I totally get what everyone's saying. I totally get that this is the place where Jules Bianchi got killed and all that sort of stuff. Sure. Now, now, let's just remember that when Jules Bianchi got killed, it was under safety car conditions and he had lost it, same again, by going way too fast and he was... 100 metres off the track when he hit that mm-hmm. tractor, okay? Now, I'm not – obviously, in those conditions, you've got to understand that it, it's terrible and, and aquaplaning is really bad. But apart from Gasly, who would have had communications from his pit, who would have been told that was on the track. So that was actually on the track half a lap. Well, like Gasly was only coming out of the pits and the field was going past that incident. So they are half a lap in front of Gasly – and that's why he was going so fast to try to catch up. So that being the case, why are drivers post-race who have got access to all the information that you've got, that, that we all saw on, on the coverage, people like Lando Norris on Twitter saying, what the F, WTF, how's this happened? We lost a life in this situation years ago. We risk our lives, especially in conditions like this. We want to race, but this, unacceptable. Sergio Perez on Twitter how can we make it clear that we never want to see a crane on track? We lost Jules because of that mistake. 
What happened today is totally unacceptable. I hope this is the last time I ever see a crane on track. Well, what do they want to do? I mean, at the end of the day, they've got to recover cars. Mm -hmm. That section, that track, whether they need to upgrade their systems so that the crane can come from the other side of the wall and get the cars, whatever may be happening. But, I mean, in motorsport all around the world, there are recovery vehicles on the track when the track is under safety car conditions all the time. Sure. All the time. Those guys there, too, have would have driven past that at the slow speed. Now, for me, the information's got to come from the team to say, right, which obviously would need to come from race control, saying, right, this is what's happening, guys. Everyone's under, under safety car conditions, full double yellow safety car conditions, which double yellows mean that you must be ready to pull up and stop at a moment's notice. Mm -hmm. If you're doing 150 k's an hour, you're not going to be able to pull up and stop at a moment's notice. But you know as well as I do that when you're, when you're under safety car, if you pit and there's a train, so visually, if you're at the bottom of the mountain and the train is at the top of the mountain, you get released still under safety car and double wave yellows and all that kind of stuff. You mm. blaze like buggery to get to the back of that train. Yep. It happens all the time. I guess my point is this. If you don't have a tractor there, if there is a human error, like we, ha we saw with Jules and it picked up an aquaplane and it went off into the... Had there not been a tractor there, Jules would have hit the wall or and all the other car that was being recovered. He wouldn't have hit a tractor. I guess my point is, which follows on a little bit from Sergio Perez, why are we having tractors on a circuit that is so unbelievably wet where in an open wheeler you've got to run a, you've got to run a car relatively fast to keep the thing going. Um, understand that the other cars went past at 60, but it only takes one car not to and we have another Jules Bianchi situation. I suppose from my point of view, exactly what you just said before, maybe we should be, like you never see them in Monaco. They're never in Monaco because they get picked up by a crane and thrown over the fence. <laughs> I guess from my point of view, I'd like to see the same. When we're talking cars that are low to the ground and can quite easily scoot underneath a tractor mm. like that, particularly in conditions like that, we just shouldn't have anything like that on circuit. Yeah, I, and I agree. I totally agree. And I think that um, that is a dangerous situation. But um, I, and I and all of us haven't got all the facts. I get it. Mm. We've just got our opinion of what we've both seen. Mm. Um, now, point to this. If there was no tractor there, mm -hmm. and, and whether there was or not in that position, and Gasly uh, lost control at that point, Instead of hitting a tractor, he would have hit Carlos Sainz's car. Mm -hmm. Carlos Sainz was still in the car. Mm -hmm. so in, I'd rather him hit Carlos than, than hit a tractor. In the end, uh, yeah, well, that, that, then you're posing the question that there could be two guys that get killed. I think... If, if, that's, if that's the case, you know. So I, I, I just think that in that instance, you know, the teams and the drivers have got to understand that, yes, you, you know, this is not a situation where... You know, we're at the top of the mountain at Bathurst. The safety car gets called. You race as mm -hmm. fast as you can to mm -hmm. pit lane mm -hmm. so that you can keep your position. Mm -hmm. They were every car bar Gasly was already queued up behind the safety car, so there was no point for him to blaze around to not so that he doesn't miss a position. Nobody did, and and I'm not I'm not saying that Gasly is mm. not at fault here, but what I'm saying is. If the human error creeps in and he does something dumb, race drivers do something dumb mm. all the time, 
and it, which which he did. He did something dumb. Mm. He exposed himself to a potential Jules Bianchi situation. And he was livid about this whole thing. But how about... Yeah, but you got to take acceptance of responsibility Absolutely. for yourself. I get it. But in these moments, like we say mm. to our kids, we know that our kids are going to make dumb decisions at some point. You just hope that the ramifications yeah, aren't as big as that. And I, I just... He made, he made a dumb decision. He went too fast. If the tractor hadn't have been there, he might have hit... Carlos Sainz would have been car to car, and it would have been horrible, but or, it wouldn't have killed or, him. Or, 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 wouldn't have thought. You know, how, how do we know that Carlos, okay, the safety car train's gone past. Carlos I gets can get out, out of his the car. car. Yeah, yeah. And then he comes past and, and it, cleans him up. Yeah, no, that's absolutely right. You know it, what I mean? It's, there's it's there's it's so a, many scenarios yes, here. Yes, it's an open can of worms. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. But do either we, way. Are we going to learn from it? Another, nothing that we have just <laughs> spoken about is great. No. no scenario of that's no. great. Correct. Apart from red flag in the race five laps earlier or, re- or delaying the start another hour. Yeah. You know, that's... That in the and getting the, the points right at the end so that we Absolutely. could actually tell who was world champion and who was... Oh, correct. We've, we've Formula got a, One. We've what got, are you doing? We will touch on that in just a moment because I also want to know, <gasps> what was with that weird room that Max went in afterwards? You know, where it's just... I know. Like, <laughs> that was so weird. Like the diary you... room in Big Brother. They ushered... <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Big Brother. They ushered, him, they ushered him into another room and he just sat there on his Pat Malone. He sat and there. And then came out and went, I was lonely. Yeah, and he just sort of come out like... <laughs> Just like, right, I look. didn't see that. Oh, I didn't so go back and look at that. Oh, it, was it was one odd. of the strangest it things you've ever so seen. Odd. But yeah, yeah. we'll take Diary a diary room. That's hysterical. <laughs> we'll take a pause, Hello, Max. <laughs> <laughs> we'll uh, we'll take a pause with the cause and talk about the race in just a moment. Right here on the driver's seat. All thanks to Kubota. Oh. Together, we're shaping and building Australia. <laughs> yeah. So 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 after the race, like so they get the. There's a tiny oh, little room. It. Oh my! It was. We're sitting there watching it. And we're just with a big chair. It was totally it's, like it's a huge hot. chair. It's got like a fur and everything on it. Yeah, and he yeah. sits down and he's just facing a giant screen that's just yeah. showing world champion and highlights of him. And he's just kind of like, it's kind of weird. <laughs> this is the driver's seat for Kubota. For over 40 years, we've been making tomorrow matter, shaping and building Australia together. We are talking Formula One on the driver's seat. And it was a wild race in Japan. And Max Verstappen has been crowned two-time world champion on Honda's home soil as well. He started on pole and he had, was it like a 20-odd second, 20? It was more than a 20-second gap, wasn't it? Yeah, he flogged him. It was huge. 27 seconds. Hmm. He absolutely flogged him at the end. Uh, We have witnessed, as we are witnessing in Supercar Nemzi, a driver at the absolute height of their abilities. When you very scary when you get a driver like that, Stevie J, and you put him in a car that will actually perform what they're capable of doing. And, um, you know, I, I know it was a, a one-two for Red Bull um, with the surge coming in second and Charlotte Clue coming in third. Good to see Shah finish a race for once. Uh, but 27 seconds, Steve J. I mean, my goodness me, that's a dominant performance, isn't it? That's that. Oh, sorry, I was just watching. Uh, it is a dominant performance, but what I was watching was I found that clip, Nimsy, that oh. you were talking about. <laughs> we're talking about off air with Max Verstappen in some weird room on his own. If you type in Max Verstappen, I think it's on on the throne, on the world champion throne. Uh, yes, exactly what I found, and I'm like, that is bizarre. But it is bizarre. I mean, what a 
What a year. I mean, how many races to go, Matty? Is there three, four? Four, I think. Four. Yep. Four. There's the U.S. races, and then they go to the Middle East. Middle East, yeah, yeah. Off. I mean, he... they got two, two U.S., a Brazil, and then they go to Abu Dhabi. That's, that's correct. Yes. That's the Dhabi. U.S., Mexican Grand Prix, Brazil, yes. and Abu Dhabi. I wonder, if that's, I wonder if this is the earliest um, someone has won the World Championship with with the most amount of races to go. Oh, that would be a good stat to find out. Because you know what you should do? We should we should we should message Crofty about that. We should ask Crofty for the next race. You Send can, a Twitter. You can ask Crofty. Well, I'm not on Twitter, you see. Yeah, okay. So, I'll give you I'm a bit old fuddy daddy like that. Are you? Yeah, I don't understand Twitter. I'll give you permissions on mine. Just to ask Crofty. Just going, well, just going behind the I'll just tell him he's a flog. Just going behind the scenes. <laughs> when, when Matty's talking about big old buddy-duddy, the, the conversation off air was the, there's this guy on TikTok called Mashton Kutcher. Uh, two things. One, it's two blokes. And they've, oh, been, and they've been around for a while. Remember? Oh, there you go. So am I, am I on Perth time? Am I just getting on the train? Remember, the they very train. famously did the get on the beers is what they uh, were well known oh, for. Did, yeah, right. They were they were responsible for that. <laughs> good, good boys. But, they, uh, but they've been around since about 2013. Well, I don't know. <laughs> Mate, I'm on TikTok. I can't. Shut your face, Mr. Techno. <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyway. I am I am new to the talk. I got told that I had to be on it for business. And uh, so I'm new to the TikTok. Boy, that's a rabbit hole. You see some things on there that are mildly disturbing. Let me tell you. The old I don't know. TikTok. I don't know what's, what your phone is listening to you talk about in your in your daily life, but mm-hmm. and then doesn't it bring up stuff that it, it listens to you and and no, it doesn't listen. Your phone does it listen your, your to you. Your phone does, mate, because if you it start does. talking <laughs> Hey look Matt Mick, where's your phone? Hang on. Hang on. I, I want some gutter guard for my for my shed. Gutter guard and gutter you watch. Guard, right? No 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 don't even touch it because tomorrow there'll be ads on your phone with gutter guard because it listens to you. Righto. Hundred percent. You're the techno person here. Does a phone listen to you? You'd be surprised. I guarantee you right now, if we're talking about gutter guards, you're going to be getting a bunch of dudes or some gutter guard even, hacks. I'm not even going to open his phone. Gutter guard, I bet you. Oh, I need gutter guard for my house. Got it, Steve-O, need gutter guard. You watch. I bet you. <laughs> he actually did that to you. Uh, he just picked up my phone and wait. spoke right at Mrs. Mack on the screen saying <laughs> gutter wait. guard. Just wait. It'll, it'll, you'll be it'll just scrolling right through up. randomly. But anyway, we'll get, let's go back to Japan here because uh, so yep. Max Verstappen absolutely, <laughs> absolutely dominated Posed here. Him. And um, got to say too, it it was a really sort of poor showing by Ferrari, like because at the start we we were talking about this uh, when, while we we're watching the race because the year started off so promising, didn't it? Like you know, like yep. oh, all these new cars, it's gonna be we're gonna be seeing Ferrari had the fastest car, and for half the year they had the fastest car. They have what's technically called screwed the pooch. <laughs> they have dropped the ball big. Both mechanically and strategically. Strategically, mainly, I believe. Well, they blew up a few engines. Yeah, they don't did. forget earlier in the year, as did Haas, mm. who have also their engines in the back of their cars. So uh, they've got a weapon. They've got a weapon. If they can get that thing right, if they can screw that thing together properly into next year's rules, uh, Stevie J, they're watch out. I reckon they're pretty stout for a very, very good result. But it was once again a pretty boring GP. I thought. I mean, we had this massive delay because of delay. the accident, yeah. and I and I get you can't race them in the wet. That's that, to that level of wet. Anyway, when you can still use an intermediate tire in those conditions, there's something wrong. 
they hardly ever go onto the monsoon or wet. Yeah. The thing lasts five laps. Yeah. So the, the, I think Pirelli need to change their intermediate and wet so that, you know, you are going to get 10 or 12 or 14 laps out of your wets if need be, and then you can go onto the dryers or whatever. Speaking of wets, I know we're in Formula One, Nimsy, mm. but um, as I was in charge of the driver's seat social pages over the weekend while you were sunning it up on the lounge at home. Mm. Uh, I don't think there was much sun down there. Oh, oh, yeah, lot. there really wasn't that much sun. <laughs> no, yeah. I like to think there was. I'd like to, in my mind, I'd like to have seen Nimsy on a beach sucking a pina colada, doing all that kind of stuff. But no, he was on the couch. In his DTs. Decided, oh, no, I didn't, didn't mention anything about the DTs. Don't uh-huh. go there. But anyway, uh, a lot of talk about the shootout being called off, and these are the best drivers in the world. So we, so we say, so the commentators say, we should have had them on. They should have had a crack. Doesn't matter how wet it is. Go slow, all that kind of stuff. And the same thing I've, I've read a little bit about mm. in Formula One too. Bulltish, not bulltish, that they should have been out there. You were there. You were on site. Should they have run or not? Well, that was so, – no, you couldn't run. There was so much water. Right. It was ridiculous. Right. We'd had – Like Formula One. It was like just Formula rivers. One. Like Formula One. Probably it was worse than probably the Formula One. And I think the Formula One's different in regard to – yeah, there was a few rivers and stuff, but the, the spray with the, with the ground effects that – the new ground effects cars they've got is is phenomenal. Right. Um, and I know what you can't see behind a supercar, let alone a car that's got ground effects that actually physically throws stuff up into the air from the <laughs> ground. Yeah. There's no ground effects as such from a supercar. It's just what comes, you know, obviously a little bit of the, the rear, rear diffuser. A, yeah. a little bit of the rear, then obviously the rear wing. But an actual ground effects car, it it's like, I mean, you you even saw some vision from Max's car when he was in the lead behind the safety car. The spray the safety car was putting up. Yeah. And and it was it was hard to see. So you are defending the decision for the top 10 shootout not to be run on Saturday. Yeah, absolutely. I was there. Okay. There was literally – there was way too much water. I've yeah. got to say the same thing too because surely anyone with a brain could see the amount of water that was pulling on the track. And do you actually reckon that with a 161-lap race and, you know, Teams that are doing their absolute best to you know, get things actually going in the wet in yeah. some horrible conditions that you were actually going to get a top 10 shootout where everyone was going to have a crack? Uh, well, no one was going to have a crack because it exactly. would have been laps of survival. And, and which is, I think, what I wrote on the socials that, you know, you, until you have driven a race car, it's, it's one of those really hard things that standing on the other side of the fence driving a race car actually looks really easy. But uh, it's really hard. And when you get into those conditions to, if you've never driven a race car, to be having an opinion about going out in those conditions and driving a race car, it's a little bit hard. I don't think you can, you just have no idea how difficult it is. So uh, I understand the frustration. People waited around, all that kind of stuff. It was a very emotional moment. But I think the right decision for Formula One to, to, to sit in the sheds for a while until that all cleared up, uh, and then right decision to have the top ten shootout cancelled. Disappointing, absolutely. But the right first decision. First time in history. Yeah, first, first time. time in when, history. Did they, when did they? Seventy eight. They brought in the top ten shootout or something. Correct. So first time in uh, in history. Um, so it was the right decision, and I'm glad they did it because then we started the race with all cars and and had a ripping Bathurst one thousand. Pity we didn't finish with all cars, but you know. <laughs> 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 it happens. I'd love to have been there on Monday with a with a um, 
uh, Kubota RTV or a Kubota front-end loader because I reckon you could have made some good money dragging people out of the mud and their caravans and their cars on top of the hill. I reckon you we could have made some cash there, mm. Steve J. <laughs> Maybe that's next year if it's going to rain. Yep. We'll get Malcolm to whip a front-end loader down there. We'll I'll some. take my RTV down there. You could take your Kubota RTV. Yes. Sponsored vehicle. Yes. You jump onto the Team Johnson socials. I think you see it there. You'll see it there. There you go. <laughs> I don't have one of oh, those, but I'm, Steve J has one. Of as those. a side note, on the topic, I don't. On the topic of socials, it was uh, it was nice seeing for the DJR one thousand uh, one thousand race celebrations. Young Jet Johnson, front and center, getting in yeah, the front row. Mm. Yeah. Young he was Jet, being he a just... bit of a bit of a camera hog, wasn't he? He was a little nah. bit. I was just there, like, there were some good images of when <laughs> DJ was going around in the Gen Three car with you two down on the pit lane. There, That's I was right. packing my Dax, Hang, hanging your head out the uh, fence. <laughs> I was packing my Dax. So I was. I didn't think it was going to come around there one lap. <laughs> I'm like, oh, please. It was Dad. blowing pretty hard. Yeah, I like, said. Yeah, I was just so oh, please, Dad. Please just bring it around. Don't <laughs> fence it. Don't fence it. <laughs> no, I throw a rock. Well, let's uh, let's we'll touch on that and a couple more things too as we wrap up the driver's seat. We'll do that next. Uh, all thanks to Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building Australia. This is the driver's seat for Kubota. For over 40 years, we've been making tomorrow matter, shaping and building Australia together. And welcome back to the driver's seat. All thanks to our mates at Kubota. For over 40 years, we've been making tomorrow matter, shaping and building Australia together. We've got a lot of loose ends to get. We'll start off going back to Formula One just a little bit because uh, we didn't have a chance to mention Daniel Ricciardo's future because it came out, was it late last week or just a bit Mm -hmm. before Bathurst, that uh, it's... He's basically effectively confirmed that he's not going to be on the grid next year, is he? No. Well, well not, not in a race sense, no. I never thought – I did think one day, but I didn't think it would be next year, Stevie J, that I would be saying to Dan Ricardo, see ya, mate. Mm. See ya, mate. He's done. He's dusted. He sounds like he's going to be a reserve driver for Mercedes-Benz, which is all good and well – but Georgie Russ isn't going anywhere. Mrs. Mac's favourite, George Russell, isn't going anywhere. And Lewis Hamilton is talking about doing another five years. So will it come to a point, Stevie J, where they stand Lewis down? Where they say, mate, we've, we've got we've to put someone else How in for the good Lewis of the team? compared to Dan? Is Dan younger? I, I want to say, yeah. I want to say that Lewis is 39. And Dan's Yeah, Lewis Hamilton is 37. 37, there you go, okay. And is Dan about 32, 33? Daniel Ricciardo is 33. There you go. Yeah. So So four years difference. But there's a big difference between Lewis Hamilton and Dan Ricciardo, Mm. just quietly. Mm. So uh, at 37, the way way Louis driving, I mean, he came fifth on the weekend. There's there's every chance that Louis could go another five years. Mm. Particularly when you look at... Um, Fernando Alonso, who's 48 and uh, <laughs> or 53 or whatever he is, going into a, a multi-year deal with uh, – he's 43 and he's going into a multi-year deal with um, Aston Martin. So there's as long as Fernando Alonso keeps bashing on, Lewis Hamilton's got the impetus to go, hey, well, Fernando's doing it. If yeah. Nando's doing it, I can do it. Mm. So – I don't know, in answer to the question, Nimsy, I don't know whether this is a way back to a race seat for Dan. I, uh, I don't know where. Really? It's, it makes it hard. It, 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 yeah, I mean, we don't obviously know the ins and outs, and Mercedes have probably got a plan, and 
I don't think Dan would go there just to become a test driver. I think wherever he was going to go, it needed to be a competitive team in the sense of him being able to get a seat very soon. Not obviously next year, but yeah. in, soon in the near future. So, so you'd have to think then that Lewis is, if if it happens, Nimsy, and it's all crystal ball stuff, like, you know, we, we've uh, actually, we've got to dive back into the cupboard at some stage and grab out the crystal ball and see who we, um, mm-hmm. see who we tipped for uh, Bathurst, who we tipped for uh, Formula One. Um, you'd have to think maybe then that Lewis has told them, if this deal goes ahead, that maybe Lewis has told them that... Um, uh, he's got a date that he's going to pull up stumps and we're going to insert D-Rick into the car. Because I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't... Because he's, he's pretty stubborn, old Louis. Do you, do you reckon so. Do you reckon that um, that the Alpine seat was actually realistic, uh, a fit for Dan? Like Alpine would have gone, you know what, let's, let's try to get Danny Rick before the news sort of uh, came around that Gasly was going to jump on board. He, oh, I think there was discussions. You would have thought there would have been discussions. You would have thought there'd have been discussions. I, I'm not entirely sure that the Gasly thing is is an old deal. I think that's a relatively new deal, particularly given that it involved Colton Herder and super licenses and discussions and all that sort of stuff. Well, I think I think mm. I think Alpine fully expected to have Piastri in the car, and anything post that has been open for discussion. <laughs> And as Otmar Safnauer says, yes. Oscar, what does Off, what does uh, what does Otmar say? Pierre was not available until he became available. There you go. It's exactly what he said. <laughs> there you go. So, I said it once, Nimsy. I'll say it again. These contracts are just bits of paper. Mm. I pay cash yeah. now. <laughs> yeah, if you're prepared to pay plenty cash, like <laughs> McLaren did to uh, to flick Danny Rick. Um, you can get out of any contract, um, I suppose. Staying on, staying on the silly season. Um, off the, we were talking about this a little bit earlier, actually. Um, fresh off a fairly impressive wildcard outing at the Bathurst 1000, uh, heading close to the home in supercars. Declan Fraser, he's been linked to a 2023 supercars driver. You heard the chatter about this? Um, him to Matt Stone oh. Racing? No, could be. I I knew he was at Matt Stone Racing yesterday. Ooh. Ooh. There's a little scoopy scoop Ooh, there. That could be a Stevie scoop. But I'm just Steve Johnson blood. getting amongst it. <laughs> you yes. I don't know, guys. They, they are on record saying they want a bloody young. Mm. Yeah, but I'm just I don't know. My jury's out for me because on Declan or Matt Stone. On Matt Stone, MSR. Okay. I mean, as a young guy, you know, and Brock Feeney's obviously had the absolute best path to oh, the best car absolutely. you could imagine. And that's, absolutely. That's a one in a million chance that happens. Um, but I'm just, you know, and, and this is where as a dad, as a dad with his son racing, mm-hmm. I've got to make sure that I do what I can to get Jet into the right seats at the right time. Because yeah, you want him up the front of the grid. That's why you don't, you do. don't want him to be you a passenger. Want, yeah. you, you don't want someone there to be a grid filler just for a few years unless there is a dedicated plan and a, and, you know, like, uh, you know, you look at T8 and you look at SVG and you look at when SVG was at uh, Techno yeah. and there was clearly a plan for Roland and T8 with Lowndes for yep. when Lowndes to retire, yep. et cetera. Um, there was clearly a plan years in the making for that and that was to put him in 
Techno, which is a triple eight car, yep. all that sort of thing. Yep. Give him all the good gear and help, obviously, the web team out to, to go out. And he was able to win races. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't see that happening with MSR. I don't see that happening with with them in the near future. So, I mean, I, I think that it can only, unless he does something remarkable like, uh, um, you know, I guess like a Nick DeFries did at Williams at Monza and got points. But mm-hmm. you would need to do that week in and week out. Like George Russell did, I guess, at Williams. Absolutely. Right? Albon's Al doing it now. But I just can't see. And that's, that's obviously, same again. That's Mercedes giving IP and obviously giving help to Williams, I believe. Mm-hmm. To give George a better car because mm-hmm. that was their young guy to come in yep. in one, two, three years, whatever it was going to take. Yep. Yep. I can't see that happening at MSR, and and, and I may get criticised for saying this, but you need to impress as a young fella, and I just don't think that he's going to get a chance to impress there. Well, you you, you talk about um you know the how Brock Feeney is going in uh in Jamie Wincup shoes, but like to a lesser extent, let's look at Cam Waters. Uh, and his sort of rise at Tickford because 2015 he wins a Super Two championship, and then he's you know he's been a co uh, he was a co-driver for a little bit, then he got his main game um, seat, and then you know it took a while for him to like he won the Sandown 500 with Richie Stanaway, but then it took him a while before he's like now a consistent front runner. Like mm-hmm. at least you can sort of see with Tickford like oh yeah, there's kind of a path here. Well, that was the point I was going to make. If you're going to position yourself as a talent uh, development team, Stevie J, you have to be aligned with someone that that talent can bounce up and go into. Correct. And I don't think a little bit like GRM, they sort of held that mantle of the development. They gave the young kids a, a crack. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and and, to, and that's what I was going to bring up with the Wing Cup saga. Mm. And he. Obviously, he and Tanda both blooded, bloodied themselves there or blooded themselves there mm. at GRM. Now, when uh, Wink Up was done, and it wasn't until Roland at the 11th hour gave him, him an opportunity, um, and basically he drove there for nothing. Totally. And, and all and of a sudden... almost won the championship year one. And all of a sudden he's got a seven-time, world, uh, seven-time Australian champion. Yeah. Uh, Supercars champion. I, you know, so it can happen, and I'm not saying it's not going to, but... Man, like, oh, you know, and takes and a special, does, special set of circumstances to happen, doesn't absolutely. it? Absolutely. He's aligned himself very well with T8 in the Super 2 series, obviously, and that's doing him very well. And then T8 cars. And then T8 cars, absolutely. So, so maybe there is some kind of, and I'll, and, I'll, and I'll see if I can get some clarification on it, some kind of almost, uh, mate, look, there's no room in our team, but we'll keep, we'll, we'll keep you up in all the good gear to. to get young drivers to go there and you keep doing it. It depends what the team ultimately wants to do. Mm. If Matt Stone Racing wants to go on and win championships, you can't do it with junior burgers because they don't know enough to be able to develop Correct. a car. So you've got to get some you got to get some experience in there and is someone with experience going to go there? Having said they all need of money that, too because they haven't got Jason Gomesall there now. No, well, financially I'll talk him. about I'll talk about that off air with you, but um, uh, I guess my the other point is Gen 3. You know, that's meant to be a level playing field. I don't think it's going to be. I think it's the cream will rise to the top as always, um, like it did in the Codif and Blueprint cars. But, you know, maybe that's the sell job is, mate. We're all going to be the same next year. Yeah, possibly. But hey, speaking of Gen 3, we're going to talk about the the world 
premiere of the Gen 3 Mustang, mm. the first time that the new Mustang has been seen ever. Uh, we'll touch on that in just a moment. In the right. hands of the big dick. Indeed, it was. <laughs> <laughs> Shouldn't that be said the other way around? Well, I'm not going there. <laughs> I was leaving it up to our incredible listeners' imaginations to have a chuckle about it. Safe hands. Very safe, safe hands. Oh, big, big, big safe hands. Big safe hands there. But yes, we'll take a quick pause for the cause and wrap up here on the driver's seat. <laughs> you sound like Muttley. <laughs> I've said that. Everyone says that. This is the driver's seat for Kubota. For over 40 years, we've been making tomorrow matter, shaping and building Australia together. Hey, welcome back to the driver's seat. We do it thanks to Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building Australia. Uh, we'll quickly talk about Gen 3. Have you, have you, have you, have you driven a Ford? Driven a Ford? Oh, because someone has certainly driven a Ford lately. You would have seen the 2023 Ford Mustang GT Supercars race car, the first in the world. It was unveiled at last weekend's Bathurst 1000. And i got to say, I was a bit on the fence about those renders and whatnot that came out because it didn't quite look to me like, I don't know, it just, I don't know, it didn't seem right in the renders. But actually seeing it go around Mount Panorama, actually next to, um, you know, what what the Camaro is going to look like on track, it looked the goods. Yeah, it's when you look at it up close... It's sensational. It and for uh, I guess when you think about it, being the world release for the Mustang race car um, and having the old man driving, it was actually a very cool. We, you know, we've done a lot of very cool things in our time and been aligned with some very cool brands like Ford. And for him to have that um, opportunity, I think is just sensational. I think it's funny. We we feel as though we're very um, I guess lucky to have that, mm. but then you talk to people from forward and they say we're very lucky to have him do that. You know what I mean? Awesome. So it's That's just so very cool. That's so good, isn't it? Yeah. I... And to be fair, he's he's mad. He <laughs> goes to me. I stuck my head in the window or in the door when he came in, and I said, "You just did two hundred and sixty-six point seven k's an hour down there," and he goes. Oh, shit, is that all? <laughs> For a 77-year-old? 77-year-old in a car that had not turned a wheel <laughs> on the track with a brand-new body kit and brand-new body shape on it. That's literally the, the, the thing first could have exploded and only on, the, on yeah. the Saturday of the world's wettest Bathurst event. Yeah. The, and the it's thing out. could have done a Sebastian Boemi on him and the both wheels could have gone each yeah, way, you know what I mean? Yeah, not only that too, I, I did love to, like, let's not forget, this is literally, the, so the S650 that was at Bathurst, it's a one of one. <laughs> yep, exactly. Yeah, don't bend it, mate. Don't bend it. Don't you McKeldon it and stick it through the fence. Um, look good. Uh, they look both look really good. Yep. Murphy Murphy said it was a uh, Murphy drove the the Chev and said it was a good thing and felt light and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and yeah, the new Mustang looks strong. I don't know. There's part of me that doesn't think it looks as good as the first version of Gen Three Mustang, but I haven't seen it. I, I'd have to, you know. I'd have to see it live because mm. I saw the first version live last year and I'd have to see this version. Yeah. Gen 3, boy, that was a talking point on the weekend. Now, uh, we have made mention before of Parked Up Plus, which is a podcast with Grant Rowley and um, uh, the journo, what's his name? Um, 
from Parked Up Plus. I've had a complete mental Parked blank. Parked Up Plus. Yeah. Uh, Mark Fogarty. Your mate, oh, Mark, Mark Fogarty. Fogarty. Yeah, yeah, he's my mate. <laughs> anyway, yeah, Mark yeah. Fogarty. Yeah, great uh, guy. Yeah. So yeah. he was asking Adrian Burgess, who is the head of Gen 3 Development, basically, all these probing questions. And, and um, Adrian blew up. He said, you know, you're pissing me off and – Everyone keeps talking about this and that and the other thing. And, and Fogarty snapped back at him. Like, mate, don't roll your eyes at me when asked the question. My point that I'm getting to is this, Nimsy. There is a lot of talk, and we have spoken about it here, that, yes, they are sensational race cars. And, yes, they might be cheaper to run, maybe. We're yet to find that out. But they are still way more expensive than what was originally planned. And supercars is now burring up hard because there are numbers flying around as to what these things are going to cost. And he's, Adrian's burring up that that talk is around. Adrian, if you want to stop the talk and you're not afraid of how much these things are going to cost, say how much they're going to cost. Don't get annoyed. Don't roll your eyes. Don't get snappish. Just say what it's going to cost. And then the thing's out of the bag. Who cares? Because it is what it is. The, the horse is left. The, the, the horse is bolted. It's left the, the train's left the station. They're going to cost what they're going to cost. So just say what they're going to cost. And then get on with developing them so we can go racing them next year. But don't get all huffy and hoo-hari about what they're going to cost, about people predicting what they're going to cost, when you won't say what they're going to cost. Just, just say it. Mm. Just, just If it's 800, if it's 600, if it's 300, if it's 1.1 mil. Give us the number. I suppose there's a I don't reckon they know, to be fair. (laughs) (laughs) They probably don't know. Mm. But but at the end of the day, um, I'm not I'm not big for supercars cracking up about rumours flying around about Gen Three when they've been so there's been absolutely no transparency about where it's at. Lots of talk behind the scenes, Stevie J. I'm sure you have half an idea. Brad oh, Jones has no got idea. half an idea because he told us up in Darwin what they're going to be. But um, supercars, if you're getting sick of people either spreading rumours or talking crap about it, come out and just say how much it's going to be and then we can all get on with racing. Mm. But they, they look grouse, though. They did look grouse and they look good and they sounded good. Mm. Hopefully they can race much more. I'm hoping you both agree, much more like the road car. Uh, well, fingers crossed we'll see what happens there. Now, we've got one little announcement uh, that, well, we already know what it is. So after our highly <laughs> successful live edition of the driver's seat that was on location in Melbourne during the Formula One Australian Grand Prix at Albert Park, you can actually join us for another one in two weeks' time on the Gold Coast. We're going to be at Star City. Well, Matt and Steve are going to be at Star City Casino on the Gold Coast in two weeks. You can join us for a live Q&A, all the fun of our show at the AGP in the year, and it'll all be to hype up the return of the GC500. October 26th, 7 p.m. local time, so 7 p.m. Queensland time, broadcast Mm. live across Australia on SEN and the driver's seat app. So, boys, it is going to be a lot of fun. Star Casino is going to be awesome because that's a big that's a big old venue, Stevie J. We'll probably be in the corner down around the buffet bar or something. SCN will put us up. Nah, (laughs) I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you tell you 100. percent Bad luck, dickhead. (laughs) (laughs) No, uh, he will not. They will not. They will not be put. I say he, Hutchie. Uh, they will not be putting us up, my friend. Uh, I'm staying at the Marriott. 
during the event. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Me and uh, me and a dozen Kubota blokes are uh, going to be staying at the Marriott. Well, that's going to be interesting. That'll be interesting. Uh, not, all, not all dozen blokes in the one room. Who's I the might big say. spoon? <laughs> <laughs> Mal. Mal is always. Malcolm Owens is yes. always the big spoon in our world, let me tell you. Uh, so, yes, we're going to be at the Star Casino. We're going to have a lot of fun. I'm going to drag Mrs. Mac down as well. If you're intrigued as to who Mrs. Mac is, she's going to be there. Might even bring Bree Johnson down, Lacey Johnson. No, uh, not Lacey. No. <laughs> I don't, say, don't what? say that. She will tear the microphone out of my hand and take over this whole show. <laughs> so we might bring the Johnson clan down. We're, we're putting feelers out now to get some guests as well. But either way, would love you to come down. Love to meet you. Love to have a chat. Love yep. to get you as part of the show uh, and be involved. Because at the end of the day, Nimsy, Steve, this is their show. We only do this because you guys. We're for the people. We are for the folks. And you guys listening were amazing over the weekend on the socials with really letting us know what you thought and really engaging, and, and we were really chuffed with that. And uh, so this is your show. And uh, if you're in and around the GC uh, of Gold Coast 500 week, Nimsy, we're going to miss you, mate. Well, you need to I, be there. I, I know for a fact that they will be because every, cause the minute we were at Bell's Hotel in uh, South Melbourne, mm-hmm. um, there was all the comments going, oh, bring it up to when are you coming up to Bring it up to the what? GC. You know we're, we're, done. we're doing it. We're doing it. We're doing yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. We're bringing it up. <laughs> I mean, there's probably an argument to say that it's it's a good place to do it because they don't have to fly and accommodate Steve and I because, you know, we live here. But, uh, you know, it's going to be good. We're going to get down there. We're going to have a few beers with a few of the boys and the girls. Come and high-five us at the Star. So remember. Wednesday of Gold Coast 500. Star which Mark. Which Mark Scaife, sorry to interrupt, described on his live show the other day, Nimsy, as what? Uh, schoolies for adults. Wonder where he heard that. Mm. Uh, so remember, October 26th, 7pm <laughs> to 9pm local time. It'll be broadcast live around Australia on SEN and the driver's seat app. Live from Star City Casino, uh, the sports bar. So make sure you check us mm. out there. That has been it for another huge edition of the driver's seat. We'll be back live next Wednesday on your wireless. We'll catch you then. Good to have you back, Nimsy. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.